Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God of our salvation, we pray for the nations that thy name may be spread abroad among them for all who sit in darkness in the shadow of death that thy light may shine upon them. Amen. You may be seated. So as you know, the Pentecost season is way far away still, but it's a big chunk of the church year, and that typically is focused about the life of the church that's in the world. You cannot miss, though, how Epiphany comes with God's mission of life for the world. As exciting as Jesus' public ministry appears at this time of the year, he's doing lots of things, and he's doing many things that are miraculous with his coming. But it's not easy on us to hear this stuff. January and February is when you hear a lot of it, and you know it's not, I mean, Minnesota is a lot harder winters, but Indiana is not much greater in terms of the weather, in terms of it's still cold, it's dreary and dark, and as you know, for most people, it's the least active months of the year. The Epiphany season, though, tells us something very special. It's, it's God and not man who will glorify life that is to be in his name. This goes also well with our need, as it's been adopted in many churches, to celebrate this Sunday to be the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Because God is the giver of life. And yes, certainly for the bodies and the wombs, but also the souls that God wishes to bring his word and save them with a new life in Jesus. And so St. Matthew, as you hear his account today of the gospel, takes us into Christ's work among the Gentiles. This is what we call, in big theological terms, his great Galilean ministry. It was great because it lasted two and a half years that Jesus worked amongst this kind of people. Strangely, Matthew does not mention what we call the Judean ministry of Jesus, which came first, and it lasted about a year. You heard it summarized, though, by St. John last Sunday how the baptizer came and pointed out Jesus, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, and even from that point, some of his own disciples ended up following Jesus. Matthew leaves that out. He doesn't mention this early ministry by Jesus to let Jews and Jewish Christians know God's kingdom is not a monopoly. The Old Testament was actually a growing light in the world. God's gift of grace was for the Gentiles. And you know what this means because we're part of that crew and that they would receive the greater benefit that God kept there in Israel for a time. And so you see, the light does shine. For Jesus is at home among unlikely places and peoples and today to be for you. The light shines by a preaching, if you notice, greater than John amidst the darkness. When you find John dragged away, it's a passing thought, right? He was arrested. 
But he was done. His, he, he retired from being at the Jordan River. But Jesus also had a change of residence. Now, all-knowing Google Maps kind of helps us out with this, but that's about from Nazareth to Capernaum is about a nine-hour walk. And so you can see why Jesus kind of got closer to where many of the people of that territory were around the Sea of Galilee. Of course, as John fades into the darkness of it all with Herod, Matthew points out how Jesus lived among the darkness as promised by the prophet Isaiah. For centuries, a little history on the, of that area, for centuries, that northern part of Israel was unattended and ravaged by political empires, military issues, and, and finally in the end, pagan religions, idolatry. The baptizer never had the privilege to preach to these people. But Jesus delivered God's unmerited grace to them. And Jesus began his public ministry preaching with a familiar word. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is near. What John preached, Jesus took up with the gospel, but now in the hands of the Lord himself to save from the darkness and death. Repent always, we know as Lutherans, means to confess our sins, to fess up, name it, and be over with it. Not name it and claim it, but confess it and let Jesus take care of it for us. But the kingdom of heaven was coming in Jesus Christ, and that meant the true king was not living up in the castle over there apart from the peasants. He was with them. Jesus has made his home among us today by the preaching of his word and gifts delivered, as we say, in his sacraments. And against darkness of doubts and despair over death, Christ chooses to be present with God's unmerited love. It's a blessing that we still have in a nation even as it grows darker. The reign of heaven is here. And active whenever Jesus, as God, comes to do two things. Law and gospel. Or we could say it, he comes to bring judgment and to save. He is the king standing ready to forgive and promising life for us all. In his name. And so this is the light that shines with an authority to make disciples. John called people out to the Jordan, right? But Jesus came to Galilee and also addressed those he loved. Matthew provides us a picture of a normal labor life around the Sea of Galilee, and much of it was fishing around the agricultural life that came from that kind of a lake. And it was there that Jesus walks right up to those disciples and says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Now, we tend to like action movies. I do too as an American. But we tend to gravitate to looking at what they did. But really, it's about the authority of Jesus that made the difference. This is the time he says, specifically, follow me.
He set the tone of love to make them his disciples, and none made it happen by their own efforts. He gave them the confidence. He gave them the purpose. The remarkable fact is how they followed without any stipulations. You don't have any questions there, anything put out there. Um, it was just a unified, simple faith to go with Jesus alone. Now, we are not here to copy the specific call made to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who would be future apostles and not just disciples. So you got to get out of the mind that we're like them because we're not. It's showing their apostolic authority, first off. But also, it does tell us the authority of Jesus still makes the claim and call, follow me. There is no other. And so his me is personal, specific, and God for you as a gracious promise before your life all the days of your life. It always happens by his word, doesn't it? And so no disciple comes by their authority, but recognizes following truly is a gift that comes from Jesus. Our united place shared is where Jesus began making and calling us his disciples. We can all talk about specific experiences and how God um, did this and brought me and made me more serious after confirmation or whatever. But really, we all have a shared place where Jesus called us, as you know. And that began for whether a child or adult in baptism. And so when I look at the baptismal font, I always think of the words, follow me. Because he already found me. That's the point. The good news. Life unfolds and follows in faith to the sanctity of holiness from Jesus. And so as Peter says this wonderful thing to us all, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's different for pastors than it is for parishioners. It's different for a mom who's going to raise a child than a dad who has to go to work. But it's all that excellencies of him who called us out of darkness to be in his light. And that light shines in the way of life that is forgiveness and salvation. Unlike John, Jesus also came with an epiphany of love that was all-encompassing. He was preaching, it says, in the synagogue and gospeling the teachings of the kingdom of heaven amongst all those people. However, it was in the miracles of healing, God justified his coming before the whole world. His fame spread everywhere because God was at work. Jesus dealt with the problems and pain caused by sin, death, and Satan against men. The miracles of healing were signs. If you can envision pushing back the darkness, every step he makes, every presence he, he, made, he places upon people was pushing it all back, that darkness. And being further from God that they were in that land, it had to be an awful, dismal sight to see. 
Jesus satisfied by word and deed what Isaiah promised. And you heard what that kind of light in the darkness would be like with Christ's presence among those people. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you, Jesus, have broken. Of course, that was a time and space. We're not here to be Pentecostal and try to have great healing services and all these things being done in some kind of odd way today. We're not here to mimic that. We know that the great breaking of darkness, the weight upon the oppression of our life, the weight of the law, the weight of death has been put upon Jesus and it has come out of his cross. And Jesus made that to be the church's life before the world. Luther says often in the catechism, if you haven't noticed, he uses this phrase quite often. Where there is forgiveness, there is life and salvation. So much confidence put in the place of forgiveness that has flowed out from the blood of Jesus' great sacrifice that from that good news that you're forgiven again, there is life and salvation. Pastor, I don't see it. We don't have it as much as I want it to be. I don't care. You're forgiven. And Luther says where that happens, in full, there is life and salvation. Not merely for heaven, but for right now. Healing, though, at the present implies, first off, as our good doctor would know, it implies you've got to care for another person that's in the darkness. It also demands those things good for life as God has given to us by his word. While we can pray for miracles, grant acts of love for maybe a need at the very moment, we like that, especially as Americans, but it's this, the teaching and faithfulness that heals what we need most in our family, our churches, and in the state. It starts with that darkness right in our lives to shine with the love that Christ steps into our life again with good news for us. This belongs then to the preaching of Jesus Christ. And so we got to be careful because as things get, you know, pastor gets all stuffed up, right? Um, but as you know, as the darkness grows darker, as the needs get bigger, we're going to be challenged to not be consumed by those things and miss the greater task that gives light to the very church that is at work in the world. And what is it? The preaching of Jesus Christ. What that means is it's he alone who will bring the kingdom of heaven. Not just preaching because of the pastor and the public ministry, but preaching and speaking that word in our lives, in our homes. What does that mean? Well, what you're asking for when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. As the Lord came into Galilee preaching, so Paul preaches to the church. As you heard today, 
For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so since Epiphany draws out God's mission to the world, consider our adopted missionaries. You know how it's not been easy to even get connection with them because of the distance and communication issues of technology and where they're at. But if you got a chance to read their newsletter, you might find some interesting things they shared, and here's one of them. The newsletter noted from December, a graduate from the seminary in Ethiopia tasked now to serve his church body. Pastor Sinet wrote, he emailed me pictures, different conferences filled with attendees as he is teaching them about the role of the church and office of the ministry. When he had finished traveling throughout his synod, teaching on that topic, he will choose another topic and start again. The purpose of his call is to take the things he learned from us in his MA program and teach them throughout his area. Through this one student, our teaching is already being passed on to hundreds more people in the church. This is truly exciting to see. You see, the light does shine amidst the darkness. And in that case, with those missionaries and coming from that seminary, it's simply just teaching. And many of that teaching is teaching pastors who are untrained. And that light is pushing out more of the darkness with the gospel. Jesus is at home to bring the kingdom of heaven always among unlikely places, people. And it's today for you. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding. Be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.